you are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Braves, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where all of your favorite podcasts may be located. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever smart device you play on, and on the new Himalaya app, where you can also subscribe to the show, so you can find new episodes every single day, bringing them to you Monday through Friday. Not just baseball, not just the Braves, but whatever team you want to listen to, whatever sport you fancy. Locked On Podcast Network has you covered each and every day, making sure you are up to date on all of the latest news. Good news for the Braves. Good trip out to the West Coast. You always want you always worry about those first games due to jet lag and, and just the time difference. You always worry that you can come out a little flat. No such luck for the Braves, or no such luck for the Giants as the Braves come out and they brought their sticks with them. Six hits today as they beat the Giants in the first game, four to one on the strength of three home runs. One of them did not take too long to get to as Ronald Acuna opening up the game did this. Suarez ready to go, so's Acuna, and we are underway. First pitch swing and a high fly ball, deep left field. Mac Williamson back, one nothing on the game's first pitch. What a way indeed as Ronald Acuna takes the first pitch of the game from Andrew Suarez, takes it deep, 399 feet, hit that one a monster distance in the air. That one uh, was an exceedingly high hit. He got all of that one, wasted no time, jumped all over a first pitch fastball and made Suarez pay. But Acuna was not done there as he comes up again later on in this game with the Braves up 2-1 to one and does this. And this one's Tomahawk to deep center. Back goes Duggar. Still going back. He's gone as far as he can. It's way out of here for Acuna. I should mention the Braves were actually up 3-1. to one. That was the final run of the game for the Braves as they end up winning 4-1. to one. Lost in that shuffle. The hottest Brave of the moment, Austin Riley, crushes a two-run homer. Swing and a high fly ball, belted left center field deep. That ball is gone. Riley hits another one, a two-run homer to extend the lead. Welcome to the road, Austin Riley. And what a start to his career it has been for Austin Riley. He is just absolutely on fire, doing everything he was doing in the minors just carried it over completely into his big league debut as he is absolutely locked in and just crushing the ball. It's almost a shock when you see him get something other than an extra base hit. Every swing he seems to connect with just has a ton of power. That was his only hit on the day, so his average does quote-unquote drop to 409 after hitting his third home run. He's already racked up six RBI. Just 
just incredible. Acuna up to 11 on the season and 31 RBI. And, and anybody that had any questions about whether Acuna should be hitting leadoff, those should be answered. That is two games in a row where Acuna has started off the game with a home run. And when the offense is going like this, where Acuna's at the top and he's being dynamic and you've got Freddie being Freddie, whether he's driving in doubles or, or just lashing singles on after long at-bats, whether he's hitting home runs, just doesn't seem to matter. Now you've got Riley up here crushing the ball, and the Braves are genuinely six and seven deep every single night at the plate. This is, this is the carrying tool for the Braves this year. There's a lot to say about some of the starting pitching, about the young starting pitching in particular, which we'll get to in the second segment because it was a very big part of tonight's game. But when you're talking about the Braves and how they're going to go about winning the NL East or making a deep playoff run, it's going to come offensively. We know the struggles in the bullpen. The starters have a lot of talent, but there's some inconsistency there. That lineup is where they shine. You're talking about 20 home run guys. You're talking about Acuna, who can be a 30 type of guy. You're talking about Ozzy, who's a 20 home run guy. You're talking about Freddie, who's 25 to 30. You're talking about Josh Donaldson, who's 25 to 30, even if he hasn't quite gotten into them yet. That will come later on as, as he continues to play this well. If he continues hitting the ball as hard as he is, those will come. Uh, Johan Camargo last year just barely missed 20, and if he played a full season, would have had 20. Dansby Swanson is up to seven on the year. 20 is not 20 is not a hard number to envision for him. Austin Riley, if he keeps this up, and he he's gonna slow down. There's just there's no way to continue this toward of a pace. But when you look at Austin Riley's profile, he's a guy that you think is an eventual 30 home run guy. I don't know what he's going to get to this year. Maybe he gets to 17. Maybe he crushes and gets to 20. But you're talking about legitimately four or five true power threats in this lineup to complement guys with good speed, with good bat-to-ball skills like Nate Marcakis. There, there's just not many places in this lineup to go to get an out right now. And when you're talking about Ender coming off of the injured list, this is the problem for Ender. I don't think that there's going to be a spot for him. Even if his defense, and this is a big if, even if his defense were not showing some decline, even if he were playing the same defense that won him three gold gloves, he still would be on the outside looking in because this Braves team needs this type of offense. When you're talking about the uncertainty in the back end of the pin, this type of offense covers up a lot of holes. This is the type of offense that you can rely on to win you a game that you have no business winning. When the Braves have offenses like this, this is what they need to do to to beat teams that are, strictly speaking, maybe more complete or maybe more talented top to bottom than they are. This is the type of offense that can be a great equalizer. And I don't think that's something that the Braves are going to look to change anytime soon. I think as long as Austin Riley is hitting, as long as Josh Donaldson is healthy, this lineup right here is what you're going to see almost every single day. And that's good news for Braves fans. This is something that you can really hang your hat on. It makes this team fun to watch. People like to complain about the three true outcomes. Oh, there's too many strikeouts. There's too many fly balls. Nobody hits the other way. Blah, 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 blah. But the fact of the matter is there's nothing more exciting in baseball than no hitters and home runs. That's why everybody starts cheering. That's why everybody gets up out of their seat for a home run. People can tell you that they get bored with it. They get bored when people swing and don't hit a home run. This is this is the way baseball's played. And if you're going to be a good team, this is what you have to do. Teams like the Astros, teams like the Yankees, teams like the Red Sox, they all hit a ton of home runs. And this Braves team now has the capability to swing on, on their best day, they have a chance to hang with anybody's offense, whether it's consistent enough to deal with the true 
upper echelon in Major League Baseball? I don't know. We'll find out as the year goes on. But you start looking at this lineup, and it's awfully hard to take somebody else's over this one. This offense, when they're on a roll like this, when they're on this type of hot streak, it's a fun team to watch. When we come back, we're going to discuss Mike Soroka's performance and what was just an, another dazzling outing by him, as well as an unlikely save candidate, is somebody who has really turned a corner, it seems, in the most unlikely of circumstances. Make sure you're following along. Make sure you're you're subscribing uh, on Google Podcasts, on the Apple Podcast Store, and make sure you're throwing a follow and a subscription on Himalaya as well. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the pitching side of things. So hold on through the break. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor, ZipRecruiter, right here on Locked on Braves. Hiring the perfect employee is absolutely essential for a business, but it can be tough. If you've ever been in that position to hire, then you know just how frustrating finding that perfect candidate can be. It can take forever digging through a mountain of applicants, none of whom seem to really fit what you're looking for. Well, it doesn't have to be that difficult. Just join ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter.com takes the hassle out of finding the right candidates for your business. ZipRecruiter takes your openings, posts them to hundreds of job boards all across the internet, and scans thousands of resumes, filtering out all the ones that don't seem to fit. That way you only have to look over quality candidates. Only the best of the best. ZipRecruiter does all that slogging for you so you can get back to relaxing or doing more things that matter. In fact, it's so efficient at this that 80% of employers that use ZipRecruiter.com end up finding the perfect candidate within one day. Just imagine how many annoying, horrible applications you have to go through before you find that perfect candidate. If you use ZipRecruiter.com, it takes all of that hassle out of it. Not only that, if just for being a listener to our show... If you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on, you're going to be able to join ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smarter way to hire. Welcome back to Locked On Braves, everybody. As I mentioned in that first segment, the Braves do walk away with the game one victory, four to one, setting themselves up nicely in this four game set with the San Francisco Giants. Really propelled. I mentioned the three home runs they hit; those were incredible to see. You don't generally see four home runs hit in San Francisco. It just generally doesn't happen. It's such a pitcher's ballpark that it's so hard to, to lift to lift multiple home runs out of there. But really, it was buoyed by the performance of one. Mike Soroka, and what Mike Soroka has done since coming back, and really what he's done since he's gotten his call-up has been, quite frankly, it's been one of the most incredible things in all of baseball. It has been a long time since the Braves have had a pitcher that can just continue to go out start after start after start and do this every single time. It almost seems like he even his off days are are two runs, three runs, what have you. It's it's just amazing to watch him work, and today was no different. Today was absolutely on. And it, again, it's the Giants lineup. They're, they're not a strong lineup. they got a lot of aging players. Uh, as a matter of fact, 
Kung Fu Panda. Pablo Sandoval is actually one of their better hitters, if that lets you know just just what kind of shape they're in offensively. But Mike Soroka was was a master today. Goes eight innings, never really looked like he was struggling at all. He has one blemish on his resume. That one blemish was a home run driven to straightaway center. But even with that home run getting hit, man, it's it's eight innings, two hits, the one run off the home run, no walks, and seven strikeouts. And that no walks, again, that's what you're seeing from guys like Soroka. That's what you're seeing from Freed. That's what's making them so deadly. And that's what reminding people of, of the top Braves pitchers they've had in years past. You're, you're, everybody wants to put a ceiling. Everybody wants to put a comp on these guys. But you start looking around, man, and, and you start realizing that with the walk staying down, the strikeouts, the way they're going, the way these two are rolling, you start really wondering what is the ceiling. I've talked about Max Freed and how I really do think Cole Hamels is a near is a near perfect comparison for Freed, especially with, with the outstanding curveball, the fastball being able to be located. He's actually got a touch better velocity than Hamels ever had at his best. So. That lets you know what I think about Freed. Soroka, though, when I see him and I watch him work, I'm, I'm just reminded of a younger, healthy Adam Wainwright, and that's a huge compliment. I know when you compare Wainwright to Hamels, people think Hamels is better. Wainwright was one of the best pitchers I've ever seen when he was healthy. Now, there's a lot of injuries on that resume, so you hope that Mike avoids those, obviously, but what Wainwright was able to do locating all of his pitches and having movement on every pitch and just keeping hitters guessing and just giving up nothing but weak contact over and over and over, that's what you see out of Mike Soroka. He is a master on the mound. Everything he throws, he has a plan for every single pitch. If it sounds like I'm describing Greg Maddox, I have a rule that I don't comp anybody to Greg Maddox. Mike Soroka is the closest I've seen from these Braves' arms that follows along that same sort of suit where he thinks three, four, five innings ahead at times. He just goes out there and he puts he 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 just puts everything out there and he just puts the best pitches possible. And it, it it's rare that you see him miss a spot in the middle of the plate. And that is so important. If you, you're gonna miss pitches, you're gonna miss locations. But the great pitchers never miss over the heart of the plate. They miss outside. They miss up. They miss low. They miss out of the zone. So even if they miss, then it, they don't have the the potential to have the same amount of damage put on them. And and to be able to navigate like that, that's what you're. That's what you see. And I don't really want to throw this word around, but that's what you see out of aces. And I'm not just talking about your team's number one pitcher. I don't like the phrase "he's my team's ace." To me. That, that's not entirely accurate. A number one and an ace are two totally separate things. If you were to go through the list of aces, there's really about 10 aces tops in all of baseball. And when you're talking about in the National League, coming into the season, that was probably where you felt the Braves didn't stack up with at least two or three of the other teams in division, depending on, on, depending on what you thought about Aaron Nola. Now, you know, Scherzer with the Nationals, you know, DeGrom and Syndergaard, with the Mets. Well, now the Braves have their own one-two punch of Soroka and Freed. And right now, there's nobody in baseball. There's no duo in baseball who I would take right now over Soroka and Freed. His ascension has been a it's, – it's a monumental X factor. You start wondering how far he can take this. You, you assume that at some point he's going to normalize a little bit and his ERA is going to start to rise and he'll give up some harder contact. But we're five, six starts in now, and it, and it 
hasn't normalized yet, this this may be the normal for Soroka. And no, I'm not saying he's going to be a 108 ERA type of guy all season long, but he's the type of guy that the, it just doesn't seem to phase him. Everything he throws out there, anytime he's on the mound, you you couldn't tell if he's got if he's got a perfect game going or if he's getting shelled. You'll just never know the difference with him, and that's that's a rare quality to have in somebody as young as Mike Soroka. And I think a lot of people take for granted just how young he is and just just how far he's come this quickly. This is a guy that. When the Braves drafted him, it was thought eh, he'll top out as a number three, a mid-rotation starter, because they didn't think that he had stuff. He was about 92 when he got drafted. Well, he's put those to bed. He's getting he's getting six, seven, eight strikeouts a game, and he's doing it without hunting for the strikeout. He's not just burning a fastball up and in, challenging every hitter. He's throwing his game, and the strikeouts are coming naturally. This is the type of guy that you can count on for years and years, barring injury years and years in your rotation and you start looking around the league it's hard to it's hard to remember this guy's still a rookie this is a guy that's going to be eligible for rookie of the year and if he keeps throwing like this i absolutely think mike soroka will be the rookie of the year the braves will take home consecutive rookie of the year winners you start looking around his competition pete alonzo absolutely amazing um has has played out of his mind is is a outstanding player in his own right when you start looking at the things that mike soroka is doing if this is what you see all year long with Mike Soroka, you might as well just go ahead and give him that award now, which, again, I, I could not be happier with Mike Soroka. And there's another player that I've harped on a lot, and I have dogged a lot, and he's earned being dogged. But I do feel that it's time to give him some props. And that's Sean Newcomb. Since Sean Newcomb was sent down, and he, he kind of – turned some things around a little bit he ditched the changeup and he ditched the slider for the most part uh he, he's down to being two pitches essentially his fastball and his curveball every once in a while he'll throw in a changeup but he's mostly fastball curve since he's moved to the bullpen he's got his era all the way down to 261 for anybody that saw Newcomb early in the year you know just how big a deal that is and i could probably tell you he's he's i would take a guess that he's not happy that he's in the bullpen but right now it's absolutely working for him and this is something that no young pitcher wants to get relegated to the bullpen. It's not the same stigma that it was a few years ago where, you know, it just meant that, oh, he's not a good starter. We have to put him in the pen. Now, granted, every no starter wants to be a reliever. If they want to be a reliever, they want to be a closer. So Sean Newcomb actually comes in and gets the save today. It's the first save that he got uh, in a nine in, in a one inning, a one inning outing. It looked really good doing it. And the bullpen just seems to agree with him. He's throwing more strikes. He's back up to throwing 94 to 96, which I've always said has been important. I don't care about your velocity if you can't pitch at your velocity. And right now out of the bullpen, Sean's throwing strikes. And his curveball is actually getting swings and misses, which has been important. If you're going to tell me that he's got a good curveball, he's got to have swing and miss potential with it. And so far, Sean Newcomb absolutely has out of the bullpen. It's been a welcome sight, to, and it's been a much-needed sight for a bullpen that had been belagered all season, starting to turn a corner now. We'll see what happens with Anthony Swarzak. I told you, I told you yesterday that I'm, I'm not, I'm ambivalent on it. It could be, it could be a good reward. It, it could be horrible, and you see him get released either way. Um, you can see what happens with it. But with with Sean Newcomb and Luke Jackson holding down the end of games, that gives you a very, very potent one-two punch, and that is not something I would have thought that I would say before this season started. So I just wanted to give Sean Newcomb some props. Uh, I, I'm very impressed with what he's done out of the bullpen, especially somebody that I didn't think would take the bullpen work very well. 
I didn't think he had the game for it uh, because he was a guy that went deep counts. But lo and behold, it's a totally different Sean Newcomb. And maybe, just maybe, this bullpen work can be the thing that the Braves were looking for to turn him around. Been a lot of there've been a lot made about people telling him to be more aggressive, and he just never seemed to to do it. He never seemed to listen. Uh, he always seemed to nibble. Maybe when he comes back, and if he gets a shot as as a starter again, which I'm sure he'll make a spot start at some point this year, but when he gets that opportunity, maybe he'll be able to do a little bit like Max Fried and carry that bullpen philosophy with him into his starts. So it could be the best thing to happen to Sean Newcomb, and it could be the best thing to happen for the Braves. The other, you really want to know the best thing for the Braves though, is just to continue to win. So tonight's game, Julio Tehran scheduled to face off with. Uh, a, a another young Giants arm, not a particularly great Giants arm from what I've seen, but Sean Anderson is tentatively scheduled, according to CBS Sports, to tow the rubber for San Francisco. So we'll see. And in this ballpark, by the way, this should be a good one for Julio Tehran. This is a ballpark where you feel pretty confident he's going to be able to keep it in the yard. So as long as he's not walking the world, you feel pretty confident about the Braves going in and getting another win today. The more easy wins you can rack up, the better it looks at the end of the year. When you can beat the bad teams, it makes your season so much easier. So hopefully the Braves can go out there and get another good start from Julio Tehran, carry the momentum forward, and lock down this series tonight as they take the first pitch at 945. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will be back on Wednesday right here on Locked on Braves. Sunday. 